Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. Welcome to the Along Came a Writer Network. Opinions expressed in our shows do not necessarily reflect those of the network. Welcome to Publishing Lane with your host, Margie Lane Klubine, Executive Director of Write Integrity Press. Hi, this is Publishing Lane, and I am Margie Lane Klubine with Write Integrity Press. Happy May Day! Oh my gosh, this has killed me. This is May 1st, and I so wasn't ready for May yet. I can't hardly believe that, uh, that April is already gone. Um, but this is the very first time, at least since I've been doing Publishing Lane, that it has landed square dab on the first day of the month. Now, I say that, and I sure hope I'm remembering it right. I'm thinking it would have made a bigger impact on me if it had. So I won't lie. It really crept up on me. But I'm delighted to be here once again with my co-host, co-host, <laughs> multi-published author and freelance editor, Phelam. Yay! Thank you, Margie. I'm glad to be here. And yes, time flew by. I can hardly believe it's been a month already and we are rounding the corner to the halfway mark of 2018. Oh my gosh. Okay, now you're freaking me out. You know, okay, Faye, let's just remember, I have a wedding to plan that's on January, in, in the very first of January of next year. And telling me I'm rounding the corner from 2018 is just sent shockers down my back spine. I'm just saying. Scares the daylights <laughs> out of me. That was Christmas, so I, I do oh. not feel for you. <laughs> Okie dokie. Well, listeners, we are firmly in a series, and this is about the many parts of a novel. I hope you've been able to join us the last couple of months. We have been going through um, the different parts of the novel. We started at the beginning, and now we're in the third section. If you're a planner, then you're going to love this outline. So I, I'm, I'm looking here at the chat, and I see Miss Pretty. And Miss Pretty, I see that you're here. I hope you're a planner. I hope you're loving this outline. If you're not a planner, though, there are some things for you for pantsers. Now, the outline is going to stimulate your ideas, and it's going to help you keep your plan organized if you're a planner. But if you're a pantser, it's still pertinent because even if you don't fill out the details, if you just keep a bare skeleton there, it'll help you stay on track or it'll help you get back on track if you get caught. Wouldn't you say so, Faye? I would. Structure is is very important in storytelling. So if you have a structure that just helps you stay on track in the novel, that's very helpful. Now, you know I'm a pantser. You're my editor. So you know I (laughs) kind of fly by the seat of my pants. (laughs) And you do it so well. (laughs) Well, thank you. Um, but I, I have to admit, I need that structure, whether it's a full outline, which <laughs> that never happens in my world, uh, or a formula. <laughs> formula can be a type of a structure, or maybe a right. system like I use is a three by five cards where I play out short scenes, and then that gives me an idea of where my story's going. The truth is that anyone who has a desire to write, they can learn to do it. Structure is important to a new author, especially if they want to learn well and if they want to shorten their learning curve. So I'm excited about what we've been talking about. And I want to review some important information we've covered previously. Are you ready? You go for it. Oh, I'm ready. Okay. Okay. First of all, readers need to meet the lead characters. Their lives should most often begin. These are the lives of not the readers, the characters. Their lives should uh, most yeah. often begin. <laughs> I know. I, yeah, I'm, I'm with an you. Internal editor here. <laughs> 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 I'm 
their lives should most often begin in what we call in media ray. And that means that it begins in the midst of the action. You know how you're, you're sometimes accused that you've started your story too far back. Beginning in action is what helps writers grab a reader's attention. So right. this means that we get our characters in trouble as soon as we can. There's not only an introduction of character, but we should see where they are in life and what conflict they face. And that conflict needs to come in very soon after the reader meets the lead characters. And that conflict usually leads the character to a door. We call that door of no return. There has to come a moment when going back to the way life was is no longer possible. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, this this is the part where the main character, the the heroine or the hero or even both of them are totally introduced, but not just I mean, yes, we're going to say hello, this is this is Jane and this is Tarzan. Okay, we're going to say that, but we're also going to give uh hints at their values. We're going to hint at their fears. Um, we have to hint at their normal life. Even if we don't show it completely, we have to at least give ideas of it, impressions of it, so that it starts building uh, the story world. I'm, and I'm not, in this case, I'm not talking about the setting. I'm talking about the characters. It, it, they have to have their world, their fears, their, from their perspective, their um, filters their fears, their values, and their life is all part of their filters so that as you are telling the story through the different perspectives, um, whether you choose first person or third person, you have to be able, they have, the reader has to be able to feel the, the filters that that character is going through and why they have such filters. Um, as this part progresses, this first part progresses, some of their goals are also going to come to light. And then the section ends with kind of an ignition that propels the characters right smack dab into the plot, like Faye was saying. Uh, yes, and that's the doorway of a of right. point of no return. Um, one reminder, though, before we go on, is because we're talking about conflict, and, and when, a, when a characters have goals, they have to have conflict. So conflict is basically what keeps your readers interested. And when we say conflict, we want to make sure that you know that not every story has to have an explosion. A thriller, <laughs> as we discussed before, that's probably what you're going to have, an explosion, a gunfight, something something very, very um, captivating is going to happen. But if you're writing a romance, it might just be that thing where you've brought the hero and the heroine on stage and there's this spark, but then something's going to happen that gives them a reason to be parted it might be a misunderstanding or something that happens maybe one of them is is engaged as we see in all the hallmark movies and the fiance <laughs> walks in and we know uh-oh there's a big conflict so that can be the conflict that you see you know when you were talking about a thriller i have to tell you this last weekend, um, I have a Bible study that meets in my house with high schoolers and college kids. And so we do movie night and we watch a movie and then we have a Bible study on that movie. And a lot of times it's the movies that are um, focused on the Lord and focused on uh, biblical type things. Um, and But sometimes the movies are just regular, normal movies. And so this particular last Sunday, I got the movie Eagle Eye, and I got a clean version of it, but this particular movie, talk about your thriller. And, you know, when you said that a thriller starts with something kind of big, um, it, it, it it's like it shakes up the world literally. And that's <laughs> so what this movie did. I mean, it just, it. I mean, I'm not talking about, Independence Day type of shaking up the world, but I'll never forget this one scene where Shia LaBeouf, who's the main character, he decides that he is not going to help, and it's at the very beginning of the movie. He's not going to help in this particular situation, and every he's on a train. He's on an L train in Chicago, and everybody else on the train gets a phone call, 
and that he is a uh, terrorist. And they're coming. They they all are like, are you this guy? Are you? Or, I think his name's Jerry. Are you Jerry? What do you think you're doing? And they start walking after him because he's supposed to jump off the train and he won't do it. And the doors open and he, he jumps off the train because otherwise he's going to get flattened by all these people. It's, it's, so when you say it has to have that kind of conflict, you're right. It has to literally shake up uh, everything yeah. around when it comes to a thriller. And that's the difference between a thriller and a suspense is that a, um, a thriller will shake up the whole world and every, every the whole population of the people around and have mm-hmm. huge uh, consequences. Whereas in a, a suspense, it may just be one person that is in you know death-defying pursuit, you know that type of thing. The yeah. tension is only one person, but it is okay. And I did an aside because I couldn't resist. That is oh, just there. Okay. So then last month, we dug into part two of the of our um, of our skeleton, and it was the plan. And in this part, we discussed four different subsections. Now, I called them subsections, but they could actually just be sections. But the first one was basically the reaction to the decision that was made in part one to go through that door of no return. Um, it was it was a it was a reaction or it was a plan or it was what are we going to do now, but basically it was all reaction to stepping through that door. Um, the reaction to the door can be a new decision. It can result in an action that's being taken, um, and then that's followed by a twist. And the the twist is the unexpected that can pop into a story. There are actually several times that a twist might come into your story. This is not a subplot. It's not something that lasts a long time. It's something that comes in and changes things and is immediately resolved. As And a subplot is not going to be immediately resolved. It'll have some repercussions, maybe even immediate repercussions, but it's different from a twist. Um, I actually didn't know that when I first started writing. I thought a twist and a subplot were the same thing, but they are not. Um, the The twist is then followed by the effects of that twist, and so that so going back through it, we have the reaction uh, to the door of no return. The next part would be the twist. The next part would be the effect of the twist. It's that easy. But through all of these there's a deeper problem that's revealed and that's the fourth section of this particular um, part, the second part there. It's um, it, it, it shows a deeper problem or it shows the bigger problem, the bigger issue of what this door was all about. Usually that second section is going to end a little on the low side. Um, doesn't end necessarily absolutely at the bottom of the heap. Well, of course it doesn't because then your story would be pretty much over. Um, but it does have a negative turn to it. It's it's kind of in the bottom of the roller coaster. If you think of your story as a roller coaster, you've got high sides and low sides. And that one is kind of on the low side. Um, and it picks up to the third part that we're going to discuss tonight. So let me tell you about the third part we're discussing tonight. Um, it's, it winds up to become a, a minor crisis. And like I said, we start with a low part, low, to- low part, and then it doesn't build up very high. I mean, the, the, the characters are going to try to fix things, but it ends up being even lower at the end of this next section. Um, we started analyzing these all these different parts using three popular movies, and we're going to continue those tonight. So I hope, if you hadn't already seen them, I hope that you've gotten a chance to see The Princess Bride and Beauty and the Beast and Star Wars, because those are the three that we're going to keep analyzing. Um, we're going to keep using these movies to analyze the parts of a novel. So this third part, like I said, is the minor crisis. And at the beginning of the part, after we've hit this low part, we kind of have a revisit to the goal. Um, And so let's just talk through this. And I hope I've made my notes clear enough. Um, 
this can be, now I say this is a goal, this is a revisit of the goal, but it could also be an introduction to a subplot. And so sometimes you just kind of have to, all of the elements are going to be there, but sometimes they'll be rearranged just a little bit at the beginning of the story. Once you get into the story, they aren't rearranged. Um, but at the, at, especially at this area right here, they can be rearranged just a little bit. Um, all of them will have, like I said, the basic elements. For instance, in Princess Bride, this first section is kind of a continuation of a plan that had already been initiated. Um, I'll go back a little bit. If you just, if you remember the last section, Buttercup, Princess Buttercup, well, she wasn't a princess yet, but she had just been hauled back into the boat. She had tried to escape, um, had the screaming eels or screeching eels or whatever they were, and the kidnappers have hauled her back into the boat, and now they realize that they're being followed by another boat. Um, that was the end of that section. The low point was the fact that she didn't get a chance to get away. The, this next part starts and the kidnappers are continuing on their journey and as they're talking about it, they're planning to lose whoever's following if they're actually following. They will definitely lose them as they scale the cliffs of insanity. So they have a plan for all that they're about to do and they discuss it. They're, they're, there are no doubts to their success. They know what they're doing and, and so this next section, this this subsection, as it were, is just a continuation of that plan that they had originally done. Or actually, the plan was already there. The readers just didn't know it. The, the watchers just didn't know it. And so now they're, they're telling us what their plan is to scale the cliffs of insanity. Um, it's a little different in Beauty and the Beast, though, because this subsection, this first subsection, is not really a plan. It's more of a subplot. Um, we left... Beauty and the Beast, where Belle had just gone up into the palace and taken her father's place um, in the in the little jail. And uh, I, if you were listening, you know that um, Lumiere and Cogsworth had taken Belle down to uh, a bedroom so that she wouldn't have to be staying in the tower. They'd taken her to the bedroom. And that's kind of where we left that. She heard a little bit. She's found, she's now knows that the entire place is enchanted. She doesn't understand why. And she's been taken to this bedroom. So where we were in that, the door of no return for her is, okay, this is my new life. And now she is, she has gotten into, she's taken her father's place, and now this is her new life. But we then flash back to the little town, and Gaston is in the little town, and he's bummed because Belle rejected his proposal of marriage quite nicely. So he's feeling really down, and his friend LeFou, along with all the folks of the road ho roadhouse, they start singing to him, My What a Guy, Gaston. Um, and by the end of the song, he's king of the mountain. Now, you might think, oh, well, it's just a song, but it's actually the subplot because Gaston being king of the mountain and having such sway over the people of the village is actually really big and comes back together with the main plot toward the end of the movie um, without having such influence over the town he would not have been able to create the riot that he created at the end of the movie so it actually is a subplot here um, at the end of the song Gaston is king of the mountain and Belle's father Maurice breaks in and comes in he's panicked and he's trying to get help for Belle and everybody around him is laughing until Gaston says, well, we'll help you. And his purpose is to get Belle as his wife. And he wants to gain favor so that he can get Belle as his wife. Um, just another conquest for Gaston because that's all that he's about is conquest. So his is actually, this, this movie is actually more of a subplot than it is a plan. However, like I said, all of the sections, all of the parts have the same elements. They're just rearranged a little bit. So by telling you that, 
you can know now that Princess Bride is going to have a subplot a little later on and Beauty and the Beast is going to have a plan a little later on because they've just kind of been switched out a little bit. Um, and then our last movie, Star Wars. Star Wars also shows a subplot here. Um, this one isn't one that has full resolution, though, in this movie. This this subplot doesn't have full resolution until movie six, Return of the mm-hmm. Jedi. Um, in this section, Han Solo is stopped by a bounty hunter who's been hired by Jabba the Hutt. Now, if you remember, they were in this little bar, and um, Ben Kenobi and Luke hire Han Solo to take them to Alderaan so that they can deliver this message from the princess and they ended up they end up hiring him and he tells them to go ahead and go to the ship and he gets stopped by this bounty hunter um i can't remember the bounty hunter's name but he's really creepy uh the bounty hunter was hired by job yeah yeah i can't remember the bounty hunter was hired by jabba the hut and jabba wants to be paid right now but but Han doesn't have all the money right now. He's not going to have all the money until he gets this crew or this group to Alderaan. And so he's telling them, you know, just another week, just another week. Well, the bounty hunter's like, no problem. I'd just be happy to send, you know, send Jabba the Hutt your head and send you to him dead than alive. And he is going to look forward to killing him at this point. And um, Han Solo shoots him with a blaster from underneath the table. I won't say that Han Solo was all that very nice. And such killing is cliche now when it comes to movies. But oh, back then it was so cool. It was so clever. It was so cool. And you just, you didn't know it was going to happen. And it happened. And it was like, oh, that was so good. Or in those days, that was so bad. Um, so anyway, so that kind of gets you through this this third part, which is the minor crisis. It's trying it gets you through this first section of that part, which is the plan, or it could be in this case a subplot. And so two of our movies had subplots, and one of them has a plan. Now, Faye, you're going to give us that next section. It is called After, yeah the second twist. Yes, it is and called the second twist. <laughs> in the Princess Bride, as Margie said, there is someone in black, and they are following Buttercup's um, kidnappers. So the twist was that that man was following him, and I love this. They don't know who he is yet, but they wonder if he's some kind of pirate. Hint, 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 hint. Um, yeah. And, but as the giant Fezzik scales the cliff, Carrying Vizini, am I, I hope I'm saying his name yeah, right. Yeah, I yeah, you're saying right. Um, he's the leader of the pack, the little guy who thinks he knows everything. And then there's Inigo Matoya, the swordsman, and Butterscup, the man in black, is, is the man in black is able to use their own rope to scale the cliffs and do so even faster than they are. So we have this man; he's, he's following after them. We have Buttercup with her kidnappers, and this guy is able to get to where they want to go faster than they do. Um, so there we have a little bit of a twist in the story. This man in black is coming into the story. Who is he? What is he going to do with them? Um, and then we move into Beauty and the Beast. And at that point, we're flashing back to the castle because we've left Gaston and, and that group and Maurice, and they're they're making plans to go back and to free Bell. The, and the beast has learned that his servants have given Bell that new room and they're preparing to feed her. He's very angry, but his servants try to calm him down. They explain that she might be the one that might just break the spell that's been put on him. He needs to be nice to her, they tell him. So he tries. He calmly invites her to dinner and she insults him. Something like, are you insane? So the, pre- <laughs> the, the priest, the, the priest, where's my head? So the beast <laughs> loses it and insists that if she didn't eat with him, she could starve. So we have, we have the beast and he's kind of coming around. We realize that maybe Belle is the clue or the, the symptom, the relief for this curse that's been placed on him. But he's still the beast. He still hasn't changed very much. 
And no, he hasn't he, changed at all yet. You know, I no. have to tell you, Faith, in the cartoon, I love that part because he the way he, the way the character yells it, they don't quite reach that I don't know volume in the live uh-huh. action movie, but in the in the in the cartoon, you know, well then she can starve. And I just love the way he re- delivers that line. It's almost like a lion roar. It was, it was like he truly knew he was a beast at that moment. Yeah, and and at this point, we're beginning to realize that Belle is probably going to be the. Uh, I keep wanting. I'm searching for the word. The cure for this this curse. The cure. Yes. Yes. That's the perfect we, word. We, and then in Star Wars, we also um, flashback where to the Death Star with Darth Vader and his leadership. They're discussing what they they have to do with the, the information about the rebel base that they've gained out of Princess Leia. They decide that they will use the Death Star weapon to destroy Princess Leia's home planet of Alderaan. And that sets up a lot of tension. A lot of things are going on. So we have this attack on, on Princess Leia's um, home base. And that's a little bit of a twist that brings in some danger here. Right, right. So those are all twists. They're things that, and when I say twist, it's just something you don't expect. Um, it mm-hmm. still has to do with the main plot, but you don't necessarily see it coming. Star Wars is a perfect example. You know that Darth Vader and his leadership team, I could not tell you what his generals were called because they didn't come back because obviously they died. Uh-oh, I just gave uh, away the ending. But um, they're discussing what they have to do to get the information they need out of Princess Leia. They're trying to come up with ways. They've tried torture. That didn't work. And so now they're trying to come up with ways to get this information out of her. And they decide they're going to threaten her home her home planet, um, a mm-hmm. peaceful planet. They don't even have weapons. And they've decided that they're going to threaten this in order to get the information out of Princess Leia. Now, this is not the scene in which they actually threaten her. This is just the scene that they talk about it. And so you're like, oh, no, they can't kill that whole planet. They they wouldn't do that. And so that's where this twist lays. Uh, it's not something that you would expect to come out. Um, same thing with Beauty and the Beast. She's in her room. She's They're taking care of, of feeding her and suddenly there's a twist that the beast is angry that she's in her room what excuse me wait a minute and now we're seeing the the depths of how beast-like how self-absorbed this prince was um, because he's actually wanting her to starve because she had the audacity to be upset that he locked her up so it's it, it, it's that kind of a twist. It's not something that you would necessarily expect, but it does still apply to the main um, plot. It's it's still the main plot line. So in, also in part three, oh, go ahead. Star Wars, I was going to say in Star Wars too, this discussion about what they're going to do with Alderaan shows you yeah. the ruthlessness of the Empire. Oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't even go yeah. there, but you're right. Yeah, yeah. you're right. So in part three, so far, it's the part three is called the minor crisis. And so far we have a goal slash subplot. It could be either or. And then we have the, the second twist, the second twist in our book. Well, after the first twist, we had an effect. Guess what we're having this time? After the second twist, we have an effect. In Star Wars, the effect wasn't really connected to the twist at all. It's more connected to the subplot. The next thing that chronologically happens is Han Solo has a conversation with Jabba the Hutt personally. I know this was an an added scene. It wasn't part of the original. I remember when I saw this movie um, the first time in, oh, my gosh, I don't want to tell you how many decades. I went, oh, I didn't remember seeing Jabba the Hutt in this movie because I thought he was hideous in the third movie and I had not remembered seeing him in the second movie. And my husband's like, well, he wasn't in it, sweetheart, because they didn't know how to do things like that back in the day in 76 when or 77 when Star Wars originally came out. Um, So this scene is actually more connected to the subplot. It's still in effect. Um, the effect of the twist actually doesn't come until a couple of scenes later, but it all melds back together uh, with 
with other things. And so it, it really connects very well. Um, Han Solo is having a conversation anyway with Jabba the Hutt, and he's ensuring them that he's going to get his money to him. Meanwhile, however, while he's having this conversation, the city is seriously becoming alive with stormtroopers. They are now in full alert looking for both Ben Kenobi because he had a lightsaber, and that's not something that people normally had back had back then. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. Yeah, I'm going back to 76. That's not something that people normally had at this time period because the Jedi's had all been eliminated except for Darth Vader. Um, and so he had a lightsaber and then also they're still looking for these missing droids. And so they have been putting more and more of a population of stormtroopers and the tension is amping up is is what this is is basically doing for us the tension here is amping up um in princess bride <clears throat> in the other two movies they have effects that are directly caused by the twist itself and it just they just occurred um the the twist that just occurred for instance in princess bride we've got the man in black scaling the cliffs of insanity behind this group and he's using their rope to do it and he's doing it so fast and so they get to the top and they start cutting away at the rope and immediately they, they it takes them a while but they cut the rope and they literally leave the man in black hanging off the rocks um Vizzini and Fezzik uh, Vizzini, of course, like I said before, is, or like I think Faye actually said, it, he's the he's the lead guy. He's the brain, um, and Fezzik is the giant. In fact, he was Andre the Giant. I think that's right. No, he wasn't. He yeah. was Lou Ferrigno. Which was he, Lou Ferrigno or Andre the Giant? He was Andre. He was Andre the Giant. Okay, I thought he was. Yeah, he was. Um, I, I used to love. I, okay, I'm about to date myself. My dad had an a, affection for um wrestling back before it was mm -hmm. wwf or ww whatever um and andre the giant was a wrestler and yes. down in yeah and down in baylor hospital which is in downtown dallas where all of my kids were born they actually have in one of the lobbies they actually have um, the molds, bronze molds of hands of famous people, um, artists and musicians, and Roger Staubach, one of my all-time favorites, and one of them is Andre the Giant, and they are massive. I mean, they're oh, like okay. lion paws or grizzly paws. Anyway, that's an aside. Um, but Vizzini <laughs> and Fezzik, they end up taking Buttercup. They take him ahead, take her ahead, um, continuing on their plan on their mission they leave inigo to um, battle the pirate or whoever this guy is he's dressed like a pirate he's all in black he has a mask over his head and so they leave him to battle the pirate i, I gotta tell you though i think it's really funny at this point because inigo is looking down at him and they're having this conversation and he says oh i really wish you'd hurry up because you know i'd really like to get on with it <laughs> And and the the man in black is like, well, it's just a little difficult, you know. Could you think about yep. dropping that rope back down here again? And and uh, and he goes, oh, I don't think I should do that. <laughs> you know, it's just they're just having this little conversation. It's so funny. I get so tickled at that particular point. But that is a direct effect of the twist. The twist was that the man in black was able to scale those cliffs faster than the others were and he was gonna catch up and so they cut the rope literally leaving him hanging which is their um their reaction to it and then we have beauty and the beast and so bell has just gotten yelled at by the beast and that was the twist and the beast leaves and so bell starts trying to escape she has looked over the edge of her window and realized that it's a sheer drop. And so she's tied together every sheet in the entire room, every curtain, every sheet in the entire room. And she's tossed it over the edge to see how far it'll go. And she is seriously preparing to go out the window when, as a direct result to this twist, um, to the fact that the beast yelled at her. Um, but 
Instead, Mrs. Potts comes in bringing her tea. <clears throat> um, oh, I think I'm jumping ahead. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm staying right with it. I was like, wait a minute. Am I jumping ahead? Um, the servants have discussed the fact that she has to fall. They tell the movie viewer because they're not telling Belle this, but they tell the movie viewer that she has to fall in love with Beast so that the spell can be broken. And so they can be human again. We, that was the first time that we actually hear that that's what, how they get to be human again. Um, so despite their master's declaration, and despite the, set, the fact that he said she's going to have to starve, they end up, uh, Mrs. Potts first brings her tea, sees that she's trying to escape and tells her, you know, she needs to have, it's a long journey. She needs to have, you know, something to eat. And they treat her to a musical dinner and be our guest in hopes of getting back into her good graces so that hopefully she'll stick around and hopefully they'll be able to achieve that human again opportunity so tell us about the next part Faye and that's the minor crisis and it no that, that actually no this is the, the whole part is the minor crisis I misspoke the part is the minor crisis is part three okay. what I was just going through was the effect of the twist so in this oh, case sorry. yeah and and like I had said earlier sometimes the minor crisis starts with a plan and sometimes it starts with a subplot well guess what here's where the other one comes in Faye so you we had the subplot in um, we had the subplot in Prince it was it in Star Wars and Beauty and the Beast and now and in Princess Bride we had a plan so now Princess Bride is going to get a subplot and the other two are going to get um, a plans okay. so I'll let you go so I'm, you can tell that Margie knows a lot more about movies than I do. So bless her heart, she's stuck with me. And I'm, I'm still no, that you are so, so good. Bear with me, folks. <laughs> but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you about The Princess Bride. And that is when Inigo Montoya is battling with the man in black. He discusses his plan of revenge on the six-finger man who killed his father. So we have this subplot where Inigo is, is really planning to take this a revenge. Now, who is this, this six-fingered man? We don't, we don't know, know yet. This time. We nope. don't know yet. But that's going to come to pass where he's going to have his chance. Will he make it or not? We don't know. And, and the other the thing beast, about... Okay. Well, hang on. Before you go on to Beauty and the Beast, the other thing about... One thing that I mentioned about... Um, about um, the last time we had a subplot, uh, or the, the other two with the subplots, this is the same situation. And Nico Montoya, the fact that he's battling the man in black, this is not a twist that's going to be resolved very quickly. This isn't going to be resolved till the end of the movie. It, it's going to come back, and it's important for him to have this need for revenge on this guy because it's going to come back into play to get Inigo Montoya back into the to the story, back into the game, as it were. Um, so that's the thing about subplots is they are not quickly resolved. Their resolution no. has to do with the whole plot. Um, it's just a, it's like an extra string that you weave into the whole plot. Okay. And we have a plan with Beauty and the Beast. Belle right. is resigned to remain in the castle, but she's not a mouse. She's intended, she's intended from her first tour to check out that west wing, you know, where she's not supposed to go. And after dinner, right. she takes advantage of that. She, she has some quiet time and she sneaks up there. The beast finds her and he explodes again and he scares her. Belle runs away, hops on her horse, and she escapes. So uh -huh. we have that going for us. In Star Wars, there's also a plan. They are going to Alderaan to deliver the plans for the Death Star to Princess Leia or whatever leadership is there. So that's the plan in Star Wars. Do you want to add to that, Margie? Because you probably yeah, have more insight the, than I do. You know, the Star Wars thing, it was kind of small, but it was, this was their plan. They got away from the stormtroopers. Um, mm -hmm. They got, they, you know, basically blasted their way off of the planet of Alderaan. They got... Uh, chased just a little bit, but not not very long, and they end up going into 
um, hyperspeed or hyperspace or whatever, and they're heading they're heading to Alderaan to take care of delivering all of this message. And that's, I mean, there was a lot of action. Of course, you know, you've seen mm -hmm. Star Wars. Chances are most everybody that's listening has seen Star Wars. And I'm talking about the the fourth episode. Um, there's nothing but action, it almost feels like. In this case, yeah. though, there's so much action. It really is just the plan is they're going to Alderaan. And all these other things happen and are thrown at them, but they're going to Alderaan. So they get uh, chased by the ships, by the big battleships, and they end up being able to go into hyperspace. First time we ever saw hyperspace, which was really cool in 1976. It was really cool. Yes. Yeah. I'm sorry to really appreciate that because nowadays it's like, oh, well, that's just normal, but that's kind of lame. But it was not lame then. It was awesome, especially in the theater and seeing it. It was it's like, like every talking movies to us. It, it was. It was like talking movies for us. It was so cool. Let <laughs> so me anyway. Let something about the plan. Let me, before we go okay. on, I want to ask you about the plan because both of Beauty and the Beast and Star Wars, Belle had a plan and they had a plan. They were going to Alderaan. But these plans, without giving away too much, they change. So is it, yes, is it safe to assume that our, that when we write in a, play, a plan in our story, that it doesn't always go as we expect? And can that also be a part of the conflict? You know, exactly so. I, 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 once, once we get all the way through this, there are a couple of places where the goal is revisited and the goal actually changes and if you think about some of your favorite stories some of your favorite books some of your favorite movies you'll see that as the character changes the character's goals change and mm -hmm. so the character's plan then changes um yeah so so yeah, those plans are going to change. They have a plan. They make a plan. They share the plan. But as new circumstances are thrown in, you know, nothing's going to stay the same. That's what makes it an interesting book. So as yeah. much as they might have a plan, and and for instance, in in Princess Bride story, if I'm remembering correctly, the the kidnappers have kidnapped Buttercup. And they're taking her to the kingdom across the lake or across the sea or whatever it is. Um, and it seems like they're taking her there because they have been hired by the king of the country across the sea. And we find out later that they actually were hired by the prince that she was supposed to marry. Uh, I know I'm doing spoilers, but hey, this is the series is a spoiler. That's why I used books that people are movies that people would know. Um, yeah. The prince, the prince that she's supposed to marry, is the one that actually hired them to kidnap her and take her to this other um, kingdom, so that he can then go and attack the other kingdom and take it over. So it's very twisted. So even though they have, I mean, that's their plan. And so their plan, we don't even, as readers, as watchers, we don't even know what their whole plan is. We just know that they're taking her to this other kingdom. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yes, the plans change. Um, and if they didn't change, it would be boring. So yeah. thank you for bringing it that up. Conflict or growth. <laughs> right. We have to have conflict. So thanks for bringing that up, Faye, because I had not mentioned that before. So we are at now the final section of the minor crisis. <clears throat> Forgive me for continuing to cough in your ears. Um, this, this part I've called the chill or thrill, and it depends on the story. A chill is going to be something really, really bad. And a thrill is going to be something really, really good. So a chill is a low point and a thrill is a high point. But again, it's it's not just the story itself, but it's also the mood of the story. Um, most in movies are going to end this part on more of a low point, low point, but some will give a little minor victory. Um, the the my, the little minor victory is like I said, the thrill. The low point is the chill. So in Princess Bride, we have the man in black, and it's it's kind of a little bit of both because we, if you've never watched the movie, you don't know that he's actually a good guy. Um, 
but he actually defeats um, Inigo Montoya, the swordsman, and then he turns around and defeats um, Fezzik, the giant, uh, Andre the giant, and then he turns around and he and he ends up defeating Vizini, the leader. He actually kills him, or actually the the leader kills himself. I guess the better way of putting it. Um, so so this is a because these were definitely bad guys, particularly Vizini. He was a really bad guy. He was you know he had no morals. He had no moral compass. He had no no. Um, interest in keeping Buttercup alive, didn't really care what happened to her. So because these were bad guys, that was a positive. And so it was a thrill, except for the fact that you don't know who this man in black is. And so it's also a chill. And he's not very nice. Um, he he takes Buttercup. He then takes Buttercup. And it, it depends on the perspective of you, of the viewer, whether you think it's a bad thing or a good thing. And um, the viewer at this point likely realizes that the man in black is Buttercup's true love, Wesley. But again, he's not very nice about it. He's not very nice to her. And so it, it's still a little on the low point, but at least she's not in the hands of the kidnappers anymore. So it can be a little bit of both. And then in Beauty and the Beast, we have a thrill, a high point, big time high point. Beauty has run off. She's jumped on her horse and taken off. And she gets attacked by wolves, comes off her horse, grabs a stick, trying to fight him off. She doesn't want her horse, Philippe, to get hurt either. And so she ends up, they, one of the wolves takes the stick away from her. And she is now facing a wolf that jumps at her and Beast comes to her rescue, knocks the wolf around and there are like four, four or five wolves and he fights them all off, but he is injured badly when one of the wolves bites him on the shoulder. Um, he is injured. He's exhausted. He literally slumps in the snow and beauty puts the reins back on Philippe and is, is, is uh, poised to get right back on top of him and take off. But she kind of pauses and she thinks better of it. And instead, she leaves the reins where they are, and she goes back to the beast, and she puts her jacket, her cape, over him and says, you have to help me. You have to stand. That's definitely a thrill. That's definitely a good thing. Um, she is going to help him back to the castle, and that's an obvious that she's going to try and help him. Otherwise, the story would be over, I mean, and over in a really sad way. So in this case, yeah, in this case, we, we end it with a thrill for her. Um, so it's a minor victory. In Star Wars, <clears throat> as much as Beauty and the Beast is a definite thrill, Star Wars is a definite chill. It's a tragic chill. Uh, this here, at this point, um, I call it the chill, but it could also be argued that it is the effect of the twist from earlier. It's a little bit of both. Princess Leia is threatened, or Leia, excuse me, is threatened with the destruction of her home planet. If she doesn't give up the location of the rebel planet, they are going to destroy the entire planet. And she believes them. I, I, I wonder that she's never seen this weapon, so I kind of was surprised that she believed them so much. But she gives them the location of the rebel planet, sort of. She lies about it, but they don't know that, so she's good. And they decide to go ahead with the display of power and destroy Alderaan. And in one blast of the Death Star weapon, they take out the entire planet. And it is just mm -hmm. gone in little little fragments floating in space. Um, so it is definitely a chill. And that's what ends this section. That's why this section is called a minor crisis. Because in this case, there is a minor crisis, even in Beauty and the Beast, where it ends with a thrill. Beauty got attacked by wolves. There's a minor crisis there. Uh, she ran away. She almost stayed away. She turned back, and that was, a, that was definitely a good thing. But for the most part, most of these are going to be more on the negative, and they're going to end with um, the chill as part of that minor crisis and pick it up again. Um, in the next set, in the next part, which we are not going to get to tonight, because the next part is going to be up for um, 
our June show. Oh my gosh, it's going to be June, Faye. Oh, no. You better get ready for that wedding. I'm telling you, I better get ready for that wedding. Okay, so we're almost to the halfway point. So if you've been following along, I hope you've been able to find these parts in other books or movies. Um, like I was telling you, Faye, we were watching an older movie over the weekend, Eagle Eye, with Shia LaBeouf. And one of my daughters, it was so fun, one of my daughters called out, point of no return door. <laughs> we were about 20 minutes into the movie. I was so proud. <laughs> oh, I bet. <laughs> I'm telling you, I was so proud. I'm like, I'm loving this. And my daughter, of course, she's there. Both of my daughters are way into fiction because, you know, hello, I'm a publisher. And one of my daughters yeah. has chosen to be my intern this year um, while she was not in school. She's going to be in school next year, and I'm going to be missing an intern, and that's going to just break my heart um, over both an intern and my and my missing daughter. But um, she is she is way into voice. She does everything for y'all's books. She does the acquisition. She does the editing. She's even been um, setting up some of the books. Um, Deb Harper has a series coming out, and my daughter Brittany was the intern, uh, was the um, editor on those books, on all six of them, putting together the covers, Ooh. putting together the, I mean, she just did it all. She did a fabulous job. I was really proud of her. Um, but okay, I, I've got away from you. Next month, our show is going to again be on the first Tuesday at 7 p.m. Central. This time it'll be June fifth, so it'll give me a couple of extra days to get things ready for it, and I won't be it won't be jumping on me at the last, at the at the first minute, earliest minute, last minute, whatever. Yeah. But we will officially hit the midpoint of our story skeleton with this next meeting. So I'm hoping you guys will be there. Um, but until then, between now and then, we have got some fun things to share. Um, the first thing I want to tell you is. You know, we've been giving away, not giving away, we've been selling our ebooks for just 99 cents, one ebook a week. And if you have not already gotten on our email list, those of you that are listening, y'all need to get on our email list so that you can see which book is up for which week. You don't want to miss a favorite. Or, I mean, you could basically, you could collect an entire series for four bucks or five bucks. That's just brilliant. And so we want you to be able to do that and you'll know which books are up if you'll join our um, email list. And that's easy. Go to writeintegrity.com, write, W-R-I-T-E, writeintegrity.com. And on the very front page, it says sign up for our email list. And so if you'll do that, then you'll be able to get mailings, um, one mailing a week. It's very short. And it basically just, it gives you a little bit of information about the book and a little story or note from the author of the book that has to do with that particular book. So you can get to know our authors a little bit too. And then of course it has buy links so that you can go in and buy the books that you feel like buying um, or trying a book that you've never tried before or an author that you've never tried before. Right now, um, an ab absolute fabulous book. And I say that and you're like, well, you're the publisher. Of course you're going to say that. No, 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 no. This book is amazing. Cynthia Tony has our feature and she is a master of young young adults but this particular book is not a young adult it's a middle grade adventure story and when i say adventure story i'm not joking this book if you have um if you're a teacher and you have boys in your class which of course you will if you're a teacher this book is perfect if you are uh, if you're a mom and you have adventurous boys or girls this book is perfect. It is set in the 1920s, which is an incredibly interesting time period anyway. It is set in a farming community in um, Louisiana. Particularly, it's a strawberry farm. And this place goes, this book goes places that I had not expected. It is called The Other Side of Freedom. And it is, like I said, it is on sale right now. So on Amazon, the ebook is on sale for only 99 cents. It's called The Other Side of Freedom by Cynthia Tony, T O N E Y. And y'all need to pull that book down and grab it while you can. Um, then the rest of this the rest of this month, we've got some other books that we are featuring. Let's see, we have. Um, we have a children's picture book, and this children's picture book is by Peggy um, Cunningham. She is a missionary from Bolivia. It has an evangelistic message. It is Really Rare Rabbits, um, and it's her book three of this series. It's a fun book, and it's only 99 cents. And then the week after that, there'll be um, 
a young adult romance, also by Cynthia Tony. I think it's Six Dates to Disaster, which is uh, she's getting ready to release the fourth book of that series. It's the Birdface series, and it is a sweet romance. A clean romance, of course. Um, great for young adults as the characters are high schoolers. And then at the end of the month, we actually have a Bible study guide that is going to be on sale. It's um, Shirley Crowder's Bible study guide that's based on Prayer, It's Not About You by Harriet Michael. And these, this together, this set is so good. But if you have Prayer It's Not About You by Harriet Michael, you need this Bible study guide. Uh, Shirley did an outstanding job of putting it together. And Harriet and Shirley are actually childhood, uh, infanthood, baby, uh, baby best friends. They were born right across the street for them, from each other in Nigeria, which just blows my mind, both of them from missionary families. And they are still really close friends. And they're they're actually... Uh, doing quite a lot of devotional series together. They'll have a series of devotionals that begin this this month, uh, too. And then this coming Sunday, I have a book that's going to be on sale. I know. I only have a few books, and so do what? It's a good book. <laughs> oh, thank you, Faye. Counter. Counterpoint was my first romantic suspense, and it still has such a special place in my heart. And I am working on the second book of this series. It's slow going because I'm usually working on other people's books, but um, I will have four at some point. Counterpoint, Breaking Point, Boiling Boiling Point, and Flashpoint. They will all be up at some point, but for right now, Counterpoint is on sale for only 99 cents. You can see what all the fuss about. I hope you will get it at um, rightintegrity.com. You can look up the sales tab uh, under under catalog. It'll show you what's on sale this month, and you can look those up. They have buy tabs, or you can just simply go to Amazon and look up Counterpoint. Um, that'll be starting this coming Sunday. And so we also have a couple other surprises this month, though, Faye. We have a brand-new devotional from Peggy Cunningham. I told you she was our missionary from Bolivia. She does children's books, but she also does a devotional series. And the one that's coming out, it comes out next Tuesday, and it's called Shape Your Soul. Now, this one is really different from most devotionals. Um, it not only will encourage you in the word, but it's also going to urge you to your feet with some fish, physical exercise ideas um, and stories from her, oh my gosh, amazing stories from her time in Bolivia as, as missionaries um, with her and her husband Chuck. It's such an excellent read, but it's an excellent read in general, but especially for devotions, for, for a day-to-day -day devotions, it's something really, really cool. And then there's something we've never done before. Remember I told you that uh, my daughter Brittany was working on a series. And Faye, you might be familiar with the series. Um, Deb Harper put it out, and she had the publisher that she had put it out with actually ended up giving her back her rights, and they went, they're no longer with us. And so um, she got back her rights, and she asked me, she said, would you be willing to put this, the series out? And I'm thinking, this would be great training for my daughter. <laughs> I really thought that. And so, so. Brittany has put all of these books together. They are all just such, it's such a good set of good stories. And we're going to do something we've never done before. We're going to release a new book every week. So starting the second week, uh, the week after we release Shape Your Soul, we're starting with Deb Harper's series. It's called Laramie on the Lamb. And again, it is a middle grade, a set of middle grade novels full of action and adventure, a cross-country chase, bank robbers, and even a little touch of the supernatural. This is really, really cool. So we'll have a new book release every single week and complete this series by mid-June. So, Faye, mm -hmm. say goodbye, Faye. <laughs> We're out of time again. Uh, I did well, it I just again. Wanted to say these books are excellent. These writers oh. are excellent. Please, please, you've got an excellent opportunity to, to buy some great books to make some good writing friends. Yes, I agree. Faye, I look forward to talking to you again next month. You're going to be with me, yes? I, yes, I hope so. If you don't kick me yeah. out, I'll be here. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, you have an awesome month. And listeners, y'all have an awesome month. Come back and listen to this next part, this fourth part of our story skeleton. And we will see you again on June 5th, Tuesday, 7 p.m. Central. Until then, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Be blessed. Keep writing. This has been Publishing Lane with your host, Margie Lane Klubine, Executive Director of Write Integrity Press. If you'd like to learn more about Margie and her publishing company, visit writeintegrity.com. That's W-R-I-T-E-I-N-T-E-G-R-I-T-Y.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.